0: Welcome to the Consecrating Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Elena Aburta. On today's episode, my friend Brady Fur returns as my guest. Brady is 26 years old, and he tells me about his current struggle with pornography. He was so vulnerable and open, and I hope this episode helps others to feel like they aren't alone in their struggles. And as well, I hope it helps people to be more willing to help those who struggle with addiction I'm really grateful that you are willing to be brave enough to talk about this <laughs> because I don't think I ever could if I were in your position. But yeah, I'm really grateful that you're here and that you're going to talk to me about this. What made you want to talk about this?
1: My struggle with pornography has just been something that's gone on for years. And I've loved the peace and support I've felt by talking to other people about it you know, because, you know, Satan wants us to keep all of our sins and everything in secret Mm -hmm. and stuff. And we just kind of suffer by ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So just lately I've felt the need to kind of stare shame in the face and, um, just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I I was telling you before, like I want to talk about it on Facebook and stuff. And I've seen a lot of Posts about different things where people are like, Oh, I've overcome this adversity or this, but it's they only talk about it when they've overcome it, mm-hmm. which is which is still good, still inspiring and everything. But there's also so many people out there that
0: are still in the are, midst of are it, are still
1: struggling mm-hmm. and you know have little successes here and there. And those are easier to talk about, like, Yeah, I was struggling, but I've been doing good for a couple months, but then to come back and say, I'm. I'm just I'm back at square one mm-hmm. that's that's always difficult like friends that I've gotten really close with and try to be open with relationships I've you know in dating and stuff and you know they've I, I've had girls that are you know are willing to be kind of accountability partners and stuff but it's still hard to come back and say like yeah I gave in again mm-hmm. again and again and it. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I I know I feel rotten, but Mm. if it makes you feel rotten, I feel more rotten. I listened to a podcast recently where their goal is to try to get rid of the shame involving or that, that is around pornography and just talking about sex in general. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, we shouldn't be talking just so flippantly, what kind of whatever about it, because it's, it's kind of like the temple it's not a secret thing it's just a, it's a sacred thing we, mm-hmm. we should be careful mm-hmm. um but if you have absolutely no idea about anything or yeah it's just always behind closed doors or whatever it it can it with all the people i've talked to it just it's shame inducing somehow mm-hmm. just people struggling in silence and
0: yes yeah, yeah i i agree that we shouldn't think of repentance as shame. Um, That repentance is more of, I mean, it's just what sets you free Mm -hmm. and it's really beautiful. And, and yeah, like you were saying, I think that we need to talk about sex in a more positive way because it is so beautiful and we, I feel like Mm -hmm. we talk about it as if we shouldn't be curious about it as single people or whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's totally okay. If you want to, you can tell me your story from the beginning.
1: I come from a bigger family. And so I, yeah, just from a young age, just, you know, I I think it definitely just started out just as a curiosity, which I think is how it is for everyone because it's like, oh, we're different or we have these feelings inside of us and we're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, what, (laughs) what even is this? Um, and so it started off, um, I had a brother that was really into RC cars, Mm um, and he'd have all these RC car magazines. And I remember there'd be um, pictures of, you know, girls modeling the different, like, mm. parts of cars or, you know, right. these, for these RC cars and stuff. Um, but they would be, you know, in... Half-dressed. Yeah, <laughs> hardly dressed and and stuff. And, and I just remember being intrigued by that. I'm like, well, mm. you know, kind of just those feelings like, oh, this is interesting and... Kind of over the years, like n- newspaper um, ads and stuff for like women's underwear and stuff like there'd be the models posing for those and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when no one was home, I'd like go through our old newspapers and like, you know, look at those mm-hmm. and, and, and things and I was just intrigued by it mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I I had told you this story, but like my experience at, I don't know how it is for other people, but at least. Around here in Utah, you have a maturation day in fifth grade, and uh, I kind of remember when we talked about some of those things. I, I just remember them kind of talking. Uh, now I can remember it was they're talking about testosterone, but they're like, "Oh yeah, guys will just you might feel mad at- randomly at some <laughs> points." So I'm like, "Okay, whatever, <laughs> like, that's weird." And then I remember they you know had pictures of like male genitalia (laughs) on the on the screen I was like that's weird (laughs) why are we talking about this and and my dad was there and so it's just like this is weird too and Mm -hmm. I remember the girls after afterwards they had little bound paper bags I'm like what's in their paper bags what did they talk about in (laughs) their thing and no one would tell me over the years you know my parents definitely especially when my mom would like make an effort in like trying to talk about those things. And she'd be, you know, try to kind of have that talk, but wouldn't go to any sort of details, was just, you know, very surface level of like, yeah, boys and girls are different. And, you know, I was like, okay, like I, I can see that. <laughs> like I, I knew that much.
0: For me, it was kind of similar in that my parents didn't teach me explicitly about sex. And when you don't teach your children something, the world teaches them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happened to you too, I guess, yeah. that you just, they didn't teach you about sex, and so the world had to teach you what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, the world is not as reverent as yeah. your parents could have been yeah, about it. So.
1: absolutely. And I, along those lines, like, um, I had a Michigan pain that he had a little analogy of like, yeah, imagine if, You know, you moved into a house and there was a a pond in the backyard. Do you just tell your kids like, hey, don't, do not, don't you dare go near that pond, Mm -hmm. whatever you do, or do you teach them how to swim? Mm -hmm. Because one day they might just be out playing and be like, and the the kids are curious. Like Mm -hmm. in the case of, I mean, just a pond, (laughs) but then there's also just, you know, these sexual feelings that we we all have, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because it's a natural part of us and everything. And you know, kids will just get curious and they'll go try to explore and stuff. And it's better to teach your kids to swim than one day having them drown. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the analogy he was getting across was the internet just in general, but mm-hmm. that's also the case of like pornography, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a host of things that can come along with that, but um. And I, you know, and I don't blame my parents. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, don't I don't blame them for. I, I saw their effort, and but I, I guess I just don't know what, how things would have been different, mm-hmm. if they had said something, right? Because that wasn't the case. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: But maybe it's also just a generational thing. Like their parents probably didn't teach them, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah, it's just like a cycle that you and I can break in our family. Mm-hmm.
1: But then, you know, with our generation, we literally grew up with the Internet. Mm-hmm. Like when we were born, it like became a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we've literally grown up with it. And, um, you know, eventually when, you know, I could have more access to computers or um, different things, you know, I still had that that curiosity and and whatnot. And so I would continue to search things out and kind of explore that and stuff. And mm-hmm. I did know what I was doing, though. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what it was. I wasn't like, what is this stuff? Like, <laughs> I, I knew exactly what it was. I, I, I knew growing up in the church that, like, you shouldn't look at those things and, um, you know, stay away from pornography and mm-hmm. all those things. But guess you could almost say in the in in those moments I was like why this is just so intriguing like I just Mm -hmm. I want to know Mm -hmm. and it definitely then got to the point where it turned into a that's how I coped with emotions Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I definitely feel that nowadays I, I feel like for the longest time and this is I think where I've struggled the most with like shame and stuff is where I felt like I was just I wanted to choose differently. I knew what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to avoid pornography and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like I couldn't Mm -hmm. avoid it. I I kept going back to it and stuff. And I I just kept thinking, like, why am I so... (laughs) Why am I so enthralled by this and stuff? Everyone else is fine. (laughs) I am (laughs) the only one in this world (laughs) that struggles with this. In some ways, it just it felt lonely mm-hmm. just cuz i was like i no one can know about this because i'd be kicked out of the church i mm-hmm. my parents would disown me I, mm-hmm. I i don't know i just felt like that was what would happen and so I felt like i just had to keep it a secret mm-hmm. and stuff but then again like sin thrives in secrecy mm-hmm. it was actually pretty recently that i, I had a friend that i i've known since junior high that i was talking to him one day and i i was talking to him and his wife and i was trying to get some dating advice mm-hmm. but then it turned into a talk about pornography and stuff and because and he brought it up yeah long story short he's like i just i've struggled with this that for years and, you know throughout junior high and high school and stuff and just always felt so down on myself whenever i'd view or masturbate or any of those things mm-hmm. i would just you know isolate myself and just feel so rotten and stuff and it would just turn into a cycle over and over again and then you get to the point where you feel like you're making progress so then you just fall back into it and stuff and mm-hmm. i i almost i wanted to cry like hearing a story because i was like i was i was right there with you mm-hmm. <laughs> we were going through the same thing and we just had no idea and I've, mm-hmm. i've talked to some other friends that mm-hmm finally you know kind of just bring it up like yeah i've i've had struggles with this over mm-hmm. over the years and stuff and i feel like there's with like mental health it used to be a taboo topic but yes. people are talking about it more Definitely. which is awesome mm-hmm. i feel like you know people in the lgbtqq plus community and stuff like people are coming out more talking about it more and that's awesome like mm-hmm. not not wallowing in shame and stuff but I still like I feel like pornography is just still something that is just not talked about right. as much like you can find podcasts and things the church has some resources and things but no one talks about it yes. I I hear occasionally some stories of people like oh yeah I struggled with that once or things like that but it's not like like an open like hey I I'm struggling with yeah. this and it's hard and I I think maybe for guys, probably not for guys especially, but I mean, there's definitely more guys that struggle with it than girls do, but there Mm -hmm. are girls out there that struggle with pornography. I, I had heard some statistic. I don't know how accurate it was, but it was like eight out of 10 guys and like three out of 10 girls or Mm -hmm. something that, um, struggle with pornography. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of people, but no one's talking about it. Right. And
0: yeah, actually, I was about to say that too, that even when it is talked about it's always as if it's just the men who struggle Mm -hmm. with it and i think i sent you the podcast episode that i heard of a ysa release city presidency that Mm -hmm. decided to talk about it and it's just really good i'll put it in the show notes but yeah i mean like a whole bunch of women came to the leaders in that ward and said i struggle with this too so Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's so common i've
1: I think it was in that one. I've heard other ones where, you know, for girls, like they they go to young women's and stuff and they'll talk about pornography, but they, they kind of start off with, now I know none of you struggle with this, but this is what it is, you know, make sure you stay away from it. And this Mm -hmm. is maybe how you can talk or uh, I, I think they're also just like, you know, avoid any guy that struggles with pornography and Mm -hmm. stuff. And just in my experience and what I've kind of heard and seen from other people and stuff it's like good luck finding someone that has I mm-hmm. mean everyone's everyone's probably been exposed to it at some point in their life. yes but then a lot of people have I mean maybe not as much as others but maybe at some point in their life kind of struggled with it mm-hmm. maybe out of curiosity or you know as as we mature just just embracing our sexuality and stuff um trying to Understand and control the, the feelings that we have, the hormones and everything, and so for, for someone to say, oh, I'm gonna try to find someone that has never in their life, struggled with pornography mm-hmm. at all ever, mm-hmm. it's gonna be kind of hard. And so and, podcasts that I listen to where they, um, you know, the guy talks about his, um, journey overcoming pornography. There's there's some, couples that where the wife also like tries to like coach women and stuff through the betrayal trauma that mm-hmm. they they go through where they they get married and they think like oh this they're just perfect in every way and we have a temple marriage and stuff mm-hmm. then they finally you know, the husband kind of finally confesses like hey i've actually struggled with pornography um you know when i was younger cleaned up my act went on a mission and but then i've i've also struggled since then we shouldn't be surprised buy it yes as much as we'd like it to not be a thing and you know avoid that betrayal trauma and stuff but it's again that's Mm kind of why i want to talk about it and Mm -hmm. if my talking about it encourages someone you know if someone i know listens to this or um if anyone else listens to it and feels like they can go talk to a friend or a Mm -hmm. parent or someone about it Mm. then that's awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would be wonderful because I know how hard it is to I know how hard it was to tell the first people that I talked to about
0: it Mm. when you did talk about it did people react in a positive way how did they react
1: you know I was definitely very careful about who I (laughs) (laughs) opened up to and I I guess I haven't really had any negative experiences in that realm, thank goodness. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I know that's not the case for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially in a relationship where it could bring up betrayal trauma or something like that. Mm. Um, it, it could be a problem for, for people, but I, for me, I've, you know, I I try to be open and honest up front in any relationship I get in to, um, I, my most recent one—it was literally the first date. Like, we—we <laughs> we both were just super open with each other on the first date, which was awesome. But like, mm-hmm. I just knew that they were a safe person, and that is another thing. Um, you know, I get in my head that oh my gosh, people would just—you know—burn me at the stake for <laughs> struggling with pornography and stuff. But the people that I've told and the love that I. S- still received from them even after the f- I've told them has been so healing in a way mm. that you know I, f- I feel like okay I-, I still can be loved and it it is I feel like it has repaired my view of my relationship with God mm-hmm. and and Christ and like okay well maybe God does still love me if this person, this imperfect human (laughs) could love me even despite knowing that I have struggles, Mm -hmm. go figure. (laughs) (laughs) You have struggles. (laughs) Like, Oh, I can't relate. (laughs) Not all of us are perfect. But yeah, like I, I just, just slowly over time has got me to really realize like, no, Christ, like Christ can love me and will, I mean, he took a chance on me with, with perform the atonement because he loved me so much Mm -hmm. and that's why we're here on earth is to learn and struggle and grow and stuff but you can't grow without that struggle Mm -hmm. sometimes whatever (laughs) that struggle may be so it's
0: true what have you learned through the repentance process
1: good question (laughs) (laughs) i guess to bring it back to the yeah, you know, the the story I told in the last episode, I, when I re-listened to the episode, I was like, I wonder if I alluded at all to the fact that I struggled with pornography and anything that I, I said. I, yeah, no, I would I, I wonder guessed. if someone could have picked up on it <laughs> because I I started off talking about um, when Elder Ballad came to my mission and he was talking about pornography, mm-hmm. and I have this I have this theory that if you were to go up and you're talking in church and if you start saying like, I don't know people that are judgmental or people that yell at their kid, you know, just mm-hmm. saying things that people struggle with. Like those people kind of like, Oh, what like, <laughs> like, <laughs> look around? Like, did anyone notice that I looked, looked up? I, I'm curious <laughs> what they're going to say. So I wanted to look, but did anyone notice me? <laughs> like, so it was definitely that for me when Elder uh-huh. ballad got up there and was, you know, talking about, Hey, stay away from pornography and all the things that we always hear. But then he said, I want you to go home and pray for a desire to change. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know that that has really been one of my focuses. Is, is um, you know, where where our heart is at when it comes to repentance. I loved Brad Wilcox's most recent general conference talk, mm-hmm. where he talks about worthiness is not flawlessness. Mm-hmm. I just love that idea because I, I I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know I know there's a lot of examples in the scriptures and I know I've I've probably got a whole list of quotes in my phone of of prophets that I've taught about how the Lord looks upon the heart mm-hmm. I, I even when I think the final judgment yeah, like we make these mistakes and stuff but I think the Lord will look at our intent and be like okay well where what were you trying to accomplish mm-hmm. that was a pivotal point in my life where there there was definitely a point where you know that curiosity led to, just kind of stuck in a kind of an addiction and mm-hmm. you know viewed weekly or several times a week or several times a day you know some of those things that ma- manifest themselves in in relationships that you know, her relationship I was in stuff it never, never led to sex or anything but mm-hmm. like inappropriate touching and some of those things and mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of just, you know, I was going to church, going through the motions. Um, you know, I, 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 and I had talked with my bishop a time or two. Like, you know, I, I had been caught one time with things by my mom, and she was like, hey, you need to go talk to the bishop about this. You know, so I, I was doing all those things, mm-hmm. but wasn't really noticing any changes. And, But then it was a, a friend of mine, went through the temple and I knew them really well and I saw them like right after they had gone through the temple like just a couple hours afterwards uh, we were gonna hang out and and I just remember there being just something about them like there's just a glow about them Mm -hmm. and like they knew about my struggles and stuff and I, I remember just like sobbing
2: because
1: mm-hmm. something that I saw about them and I knew it was correlated with them just having gone through the temple mm-hmm. to get and, their endowment yeah maybe. yeah yeah and in that moment I was just like I want to do whatever it takes to to go to the temple mm-hmm. I want that so bad mm-hmm. and I think it was like that week I like went to talk to my bishop again I was just like hey I want this. Mm-hmm. I want this so bad. You know, and he was like, "Oh, you should do a mission too." I was like, "Great, let's do a mission." Because <laughs> I, at the time, I was just like, "You know, I don't know about a mission. Like, it seems scary and stuff." And mm-hmm. you know, I was dating someone at the time. I was just like, hey, I'll just get married and whatever." Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Just was not wanting to do a mission. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I was just like, "I want to do a mission so bad," mm-hmm. and or, I want to go to the temple so bad. And let's do the mission thing too. Let's get my patriarchal blessing stuff. Let's mm-hmm. get my temple recommend renewed because mm-hmm. I hadn't been for a long time. That has been the turning point in my life. You know, I, 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 used to think after hearing that, that comment by Elder Ballard, I used to think, you know, because I, even after that point, I went on the mission, cleaned up my act and everything went on the mission and it was wonderful. Mm-hmm best decision i've ever made and it has just changed me so much in so many ways mm. but it's not like those sexual urges and things went away right. Thank- thankfully i was in a-, a mission where we just did paper and stuff we didn't have phones or tablets and stuff mm-hmm. they got phones like a week after i left which i was kind of <laughs> jealous because that would have <laughs> been nice like instead of carrying around like binders of, <laughs> of stuff and it just all the tool the the useful factor the tools and stuff that mm-hmm. come with technology is wonderful and mm-hmm. I I could yeah I could talk about all about you know how some people are like oh just get rid of your phone then you won't struggle with porn. It's like mm-hmm. well no technology is such a good tool yeah stuff but but I got home well and I mean even on the mission like occasionally like I' there' a couple times you go to people's houses you know they're non-members or something and yeah. they might have like posters of things or whatever and it's just like ah like, <laughs> look away elder look away <laughs> I um and what well, I, I i don't know if your mission had this phrase but we call them mission goggles where you, like you're like okay don't look at any girls like no dating like all that stuff like you you viewed the world through mission goggles <laughs>
0: Oh, so you're not allowed to be attracted to a girl ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not agree with that at all. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, but, um, but even on the mission, like, um, you know, I guess I didn't have pornography and stuff to turn to and mm-hmm. stuff which was good, but mm-hmm. I found myself still struggling with, like, fantasizing about things or just even just recalling pictures of things that I had seen and Mm -hmm. and stuff and I occasionally struggled with masturbation even Mm -hmm. on the mission and Mm -hmm. I I remember calling up the mission president like hey can I meet with you and I I was sure that he was going to send me home but Mm -hmm. I was like I have to tell him about this Mm because I I'm just struggling and thank goodness that wasn't the case So he sent me didn't send me home but I you know I remember working with him on that on the mission and I and I just I haven't really told I, i'll I'll tell people about the stru- the fact that I struggle with pornography stuff, but i I don't really ever really mention the fact that I struggle with masturbations occasionally on the mission because you're on your mission. like you're mm-hmm. supposed to just be doing everything right and mm-hmm. be perfect and stuff and it's, it's just again, it's that shame mm-hmm. just supposed to be perfect what, what what other people think and i know i know for me too and this is something i've had to come to learn where the less judgmental i have been about other people the less judgmental i am about myself mm-hmm. and so i would see people insert whatever <laughs> <laughs> sin or just whatever thing and i just remember being like oh like they should be they should know better, they should do better, and it was I feel like I never say anything mm-hmm. <laughs> to them, but like I just remember in my head just being kinda of brutal mm-hmm. and stuff and I would then hold myself to that same standard of like, well, you did this and pri- people probably think the same thing about you mm-hmm. so don't don't tell anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> don't tell anyone about it. Right. Yeah, so I yeah, I just I don't normally mention that to mm-hmm. to people, but then I, I guess to bring it way back to your question about what I've learned about repentance, I don't know. I I would pray about it. Like I I wasn't just like, oh yeah, I struggle with masturbation. Whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it it bothered me mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and I would try so hard to to do my best and not do that and whatnot, and would just pray and pray and keep trying and keep trying, keep trying. And I think that is the thing I've learned about repentance is that, you know, we need to keep trying. We need to, we need to have that desire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We really just need to have that desire to change mm-hmm. is, and is that change going to happen overnight? <laughs> hasn't worked for me yet, but even still, when I have slip ups and stuff that evening, I'll pray. and I'm like, Holy father, I'm messed up again. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to keep trying. I, I think I say that every single time mm-hmm. I'm going to keep trying mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm serious about that. Even though I, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm never going to do it again. And then I'm like, oh, I gave in again. <laughs> yes. But you know, when the scriptures talk about a change of heart, for the past couple of years, I've been seeking, I feel like I've been trying to seek this, this formula of, this is what you need to do. This is what Christ does. And then, Bam! You have a change of heart, and you will never want said sin, struggle, whatever again. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case, you know, in the case of our sexual drive and stuff, mm-hmm. we don't. You don't want to get rid of that. I, right. That's something I talked most recently with about my to my bishop about. I, you know, I was talking about this idea of of desire and you know the Lord changing our desires, changing our heart and stuff, and he was like, well, he, but you wouldn't, you don't want that taken away from you because it is a beautiful thing. It's a God given. That is how we are created. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want that taken away because mm-hmm. that would be hard on your marriage relationship. Yes. And racking my brain, searching scriptures and conference talks, just trying to find this answer of like, okay, well, what do we have to do to ha- to receive this change? Mm-hmm. But I think I've realized that the change of heart that I was looking for was the experience that I had with this friend when they went through the temple mm-hmm. where, yeah, where I got to the point where, yeah, I was just like, I want this so bad. I'm going to fight for this. Mm-hmm. However long it takes, whatever it takes. Got home after my mission and very quickly, I mean, within a couple of days, you know, just one day was like, Oh, I, can now look this stuff up mm. and so i did and it just felt rotten mm-hmm. and and it just yeah it turned into this this thing and you know i'd have times where i would do really well and s- stuff but then other times where i haven't done too well you know right now i'm studying engineering and engineering is as hard as people <laughs> think it is <laughs> and i have i have failed a bunch of classes and I had one semester that I only passed one of my credits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I failed the other 12. Oh, wow. And that was just, it was times like that, that was just so stressful. And with where my emotions were at and stuff, I was just like, I don't care. I, I don't care that I give in to this. And mm-hmm. at times it just felt like, well, this is never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like life isn't just going to not get stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And at times it feels like I don't have control over it. And and that's something I've been learning recently with like trying to learn to better manage my emotions and stuff and not, not be a victim to my emotions, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, But there's before it, it just would feel like, Oh, I just have this urge Mm -hmm. and just like, Oh, okay. Even though like I'd try to white knuckle it, like, no, we got to fight it Mm -hmm. and stuff. I would just like give in and it just, felt like a victim to to that Mm -hmm. and maybe me being a guy I I need to be better with my emotions and that's why I'm trying to learn um but definitely for a long time I was like no suppress all emotions (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's
0: only like my biggest pet peeve about men (laughs) But yeah, I I would agree with that. I think it comes from not being able to deal with your emotions in a healthy way. That's Mm -hmm. sometimes why people have addictions to stuff. Is Mm -hmm. there any other advice or anything else that has helped you to kind of overcome it for a time?
1: Lack of stress, if you can remove all stress (laughs) from your life. (laughs) That's completely unrealistic. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, and those were the times that I did the best were... It was like during the summer where I was taking maybe like one, you know, class and was just working and, you know, dating life was going well at the time or something. And so, you know, things were just fine and mm-hmm. though, it was just easier. But then times when that's not the case, which is a lot of times, <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes it more difficult. And I, you know, with that drive for physical intimacy there, I I do notice that there's also just that. That want for connection Mm -hmm. stuff to just, just, you know, as far as like marriage goes, but even just like in friendships and stuff to be able to just be totally open and vulnerable Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I, I guess as some advice, like find people that you can connect with, even though, you know, if you're single like me, you can't express that. That physical is intimacy yeah. <laughs> and stuff when those emotions come up mm-hmm. you know you can still be intimate with someone without being physically intimate mm-hmm. and again not blaming my parents or my family but we're you know, my we're just not touchy-feely at all like mm. and i i like hugs <laughs> like <laughs> even just like that physical contact is just so helpful, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yes. Um, just like reassuring of like love and um, some of those things. And I, I think that's just something I've noticed for my life of how, why I've struggled is maybe maybe some lack of connection at home. Like I, I do love all my family. I know they love me, but we just express it different mm-hmm. than other people might or, and maybe different than I might want or need it mm-hmm. and so that can be hard but you can find those connections and things outside of a you know an ideal marriage relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff you can still find those people you can connect with and um that can be really helpful
0: yes is there anything else you want to add before i ask my final question
1: don't give up i know i've t- talked to you about it you know, I, i'm a Temple worker, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to my bishop and stuff. And you know, times I've talked to my bishop, I'm like, "Hey, like, you know, I am a temple worker. Like, should I be?" And th- there was a time that he, he was like, "Hey, let's have you take a break from temple working for mm-hmm. a little while, mm-hmm. just based on things that had happened in that situation, or whatever." But I basically every time I I go to the temple, I sit in the parking lot and you know i always try to say a little prayer unless i'm running late <laughs> but i usually show up early and um say a prayer and, and i'm just you know i just kind of reflect on my week like how i did mm-hmm. with just you know things in general but then also just like how did i do with you know trying to overcome pornography and stuff and i i'll have times where i maybe even night before like i've struggled and i, I you know i sitting in that parking lot just like just kind of hating myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, why can't I ever get better? And I mean, almost without fail, every time I just feel this amazing peace come over me. And I just feel like it's the Lord just saying to me, like, I see your effort. Mm-hmm. I see you want to be in the temple. I see you want to be there at church every week to partake of the sacrament. I see you trying to, you know, live your covenants and, and things. I, I see you trying to, wrestle and control this what, what's the the phrase that elder holland and i think elder maxwell used it too this river of fire mm-hmm. <laughs> um trying to control these emotions and feelings and stuff trying to do better at just being aware of your emotions and handling stress and mm-hmm. all the things i see your effort and you're good mm-hmm. just keep trying yeah and you know admittedly i i you know, there, there was a time when I was younger that I knew I shouldn't, I went to go do baptisms and I knew I shouldn't have been there. Mm -hmm. I felt so uncomfortable. I mean, since then, I've just never felt that way. And I think it's just the Lord and it's case by case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want anyone (laughs) listening to this to think like, Oh, I can just, you know, I killed someone yesterday. Let's waltz into the temple. (laughs) 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 That's extreme example. But, um, definitely case by case, but just know that just, yeah, that keep trying. And yeah, the Lord looks upon the heart. God loves you. Yes. (laughs) Amen.
0: (laughs) I kind of want to rephrase this last question since you've already answered it before. (laughs) What has this trial and what has repentance helped you understand about consecration? Good question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's the law of sacrifice where it's, we, you know, I I think the law of sacrifice and the law of consecration kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And it's that giving your all coming to the Lord, how you are and trying to say like, you know, just being like, Lord, here's what I've got. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, this is, this is me, I've got these strengths. I'm happy to use those. The definition of consecration I gave last time, like, you know, I've got these stewardships of, you know, talents and things that I can give. But Lord, I also have these struggles. I will still try to serve you despite these mistakes. I think people, you know, might get it into their heads that if they're not perfect, then they can't like serve in the church or, Mm -hmm. you know, Lift another's burdens and stuff, but it's in our struggles that we learn to mourn with those that mourn. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even me trying to trying to share my story, I think is a way that can be viewed as me trying to live a consecrated life. To you know, I, I can share my strengths, but then also share my weakness and be able to lift and comfort other people who might be on the same boat than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving all the good things mm-hmm. to the Lord, but then also giving the not so good things, yes. <laughs> the the hard the things that we struggle with to the Lord too, to mm-hmm. for him to heal us. But then, you know, I think that healing can come from serving and lifting others who are struggling like we are.
0: Yes. Thank you. That was so beautiful and I just want you to know that when you told me that you struggle with this, I did not see you any differently. Like, I still think you're a great person and that Heavenly Father loves you so much. And I'm so grateful that you would come on my podcast to talk about this. So, thank you. My thanks to Brady and thank you so much for listening. In the show notes, I posted a whole bunch of links that include addiction recovery programs and some episodes of other podcasts that I found to be extremely insightful brady was previously on episode 15 of my podcast and you can go back and hear him talk about agency if you would like as always you can follow the podcast on instagram or facebook at consecrating pod and i hope to see you next time